Welcome, movie fans. Thank you for joining us for episode 72 of Reading Between the Reels. If you're a new listener, we're so glad you found us. And if you've been enjoying the show, please tell someone about us. Send a tweet, post to Facebook, write a review on your favorite podcast catcher, or just recommend the show to a friend. I'm Craig Dickinson, and today on the show, I'll be sharing the second in our series of Star Wars conversations that my English classes participated in with special guests. And today we have for you Dennis Keithley of Podcast Stardust and Din from F105. We hope you enjoy the show. Who's your favorite character? Oh, okay. Well, when I first Star Wars saw Star Wars when I was four, C-3PO was actually my favorite character. But as I've gotten older, that's changed. When I was a teenager, it turned into Han Solo. And now I think it's Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, I kind of like how he has got struggles to deal with. And he's doing the best he can, but he can't always get it right. But uh, So I just kind of like how he's relatable. Who's your favorite character? Probably Anakin. Very good. I like him, too. Hi. Hello. Um, why is the film set a long time ago? Well, George Lucas kind of set up the Star Wars universe to be like a mythology, right? And all of our mythology comes from a long, long time ago and usually involves places that are far away. So I think that's what he was going for, uh, was to try and uh, add um, some mythological, fantastical elements to it by setting it uh, in a, a time period a long, long time uh, from now. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. What's your favorite Star Wars movie? Um, I would have to say right now, I think it's Return of the Jedi. Uh, that's the one that uh, was coming out when I was uh, in third grade. And it was the first movie I can ever remember anticipating and really looking forward to and getting excited when I saw the action figures and Target and uh, being able to uh, follow along with all our rumors and hints and everything that were coming out about it. But uh, what's your favorite movie? Uh, probably the same. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Hi. Hi. Uh, what do you think about Anakin? I think he's a very tragic figure. I think the a lot of expectations were placed on him because of the prophecy of the Chosen One, and the Jedi were expecting things from him without giving him necessarily all the guidance that he needed to achieve what they hoped for him. And you couple that with having been taken away from his mother at a very young age, that put him uh, in a brand new place. I mean, just think about it from his perspective. If you had been snatched away from your parents when you were young and then expected to save the galaxy, it would, it's, it's a tall task. And then uh, facing challenges like meeting someone that he falls in love with and not being able to talk to anybody about it, that is going to be difficult for anybody. But uh, what do you think about Anakin? I think he could have been a good guy. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, why do you think Darth Vader is obsessed with finding Luke? What do I think he would do? What? Why do you think Darth Vader is obsessed with finding Luke? Well, he's, he's in a very bad place when we first uh, see him. And when we see him in the, the Empire Strikes Back, he's more machine now than man. His wife has died. He is essentially an indentured servant to the emperor. And he's looking for legacy. He's looking for connections. And when he discovers that he's got a son that survived, that's something he wants to know about. And not to mention, he can see Luke as being his key from getting out from underneath the rule of the emperor. 
And so uh, that's uh, something that would be very attractive to him. Uh, finding lost family is always, or reconnecting with lost family is always highly motivating. But uh, what do you think? What do you think uh, he was looking uh, for? Reconnecting with a family. Okay. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Hi. Hi. <laughs> um, do the Sith have a chosen one or no? Well, you could argue that Anakin was their chosen one, right? Because Palpatine kept getting rid of apprentices so he could ultimately take uh, Anakin as an apprentice. Uh, so I don't know that they explicitly had one, but I kind of feel like uh, Palpatine saw Anakin as that chosen one. Oh, okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, what is your favorite force power and why? Oh, favorite force power. That's a good question. Um, I think the mind trick is always fun and not because necessarily I'd want to do, but it, I, I do think it's led to some great comedic moments in Star Wars with uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi using it against stormtroopers and Ray using it against uh, a stormtrooper in The Force Awakens. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I've always enjoyed that one. But how about you? What is your favorite force power? The same one. Same one? Okay, it is a good one. All right, thank you. You're welcome. If Qui-Gon is such a believer in fate, then why does he spend so much time manipulating things? If Qui-Gon is such a believer in fate, then why does he spend so much time manipulating things? Yes. Do you have an example? Like, when... Um, when he Kind of like, maybe when he's controlling the four, the dice roll? Yeah. In the fan- yeah. Um, I think he's more of a believer in the prophecy of the chosen one when it comes to Anakin, because he describes him as a convergence in the force. He's never encountered anybody like that. And I believe Qui-Gon sees Anakin as an opportunity for the Jedi to bring balance to the force. And therefore, he's willing to nudge things along those lines. He believes that fate brought him there to Tatooine to, to meet Anakin. And so he's not going to leave the rest up to chance. But uh, what do you think about that? Yeah, I, I think that too. Okay. All right. Thank Good you. question. Um, why is Emperor obsessed with Luke taking Darth Vader's place? Good question. And let's think about this for a second. The Sith have a rule of two, right? Where there's always a master and always an apprentice. And it is incumbent upon the master to teach the apprentice everything he knows. And then eventually the apprentice is supposed to try and overthrow the master. So he becomes the new Sith master. And I believe the emperor looked at it from this point of view that he's taken Anakin as Darth Vader as far as he can get. And so Darth Vader either needs to challenge the emperor and defeat him or needs to make way for a new apprentice. And there's not a lot of Jedi left. There's not a lot of potential left in the galaxy or force users that that have that potential to be a new Sith master. So he kind of sees... Luke is an opportunity. You know, three people are entering one room. Two of them are going to leave. We just don't know when that movie starts, whether it's going to be the Emperor, Darth Vader, or the Emperor and Luke, or Darth Vader and Luke. And I think that's why the Emperor was so keen. He, he wanted to potentially replace an older broken man with a younger uh, Jedi that has more potential. Mm, okay, thank you. You're welcome. Why does Yoda initially hide his identity from Luke? He's testing Luke. 
He's, he's trying to see if he's got patience, if he's going to be quick to judge, if he's going to have all those qualities that make a Jedi. Instead, what does Luke do? He gets impatient and he jumps to conclusions and he's judgmental about Yoda's size. And it takes Obi-Wan's ghost stepping in to remind Yoda that Luke isn't so different than, than uh, Obi-Wan and other Jedi were uh, when they were first starting down the order. So it's a bit of a test. He's playing with them to, to kind of get a feel for his character. But uh, what do you think? What, what was uh, Yoda up to? Oh, uh, the same. Yeah. 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 I think that's pretty clear. Thank you. You're welcome. How do you think Darth Vader knew that his princess Leia and Luke Skywalker were his kids? Well, there's a whole comic book series that explains out how he figured out Luke, who Luke was, but he knew when Padme died that she was pregnant. And then I believe somewhere along the line, if you just put that comic book series along uh, to the side, that there's something familiar with Luke and he was able to feel some sort of a familiarity through the force. And then when Vader was fighting Luke on the second Death Star, and he was kind of probing out there with the force and trying to get a measure of Luke and what Luke was thinking and what he was concerned about. That's when it dawned on him that he was concerned about Leia. And it's not just because she was an ally, it was because she was a sister. And so he was using that to, to goad Luke into doing something rash and foolish. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. What makes you think that, why do you think that Han doesn't believe in the force? A good question. Uh, I think there's a lot of reasons for that. He hasn't seen anybody use it for a very long time. It's kind of, at this point, the Jedi have been gone. They haven't been making themselves known for years and years and years. He's been from one end of the galaxy to another, which he tells us in the movie, and he's seen a lot of strange stuff, but nothing that's made him believe in the Force. He is a guy that has gotten by on his wits, he's gotten by on his luck, and he's gotten by on his skills. And he doesn't want to attribute that to any type of power that's outside of his own control. He's relied on himself for years and years. And so that's why it's hard for him to accept something like the force might exist that would have an influence on everything he does and what's going on in the rest of the galaxy. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, Who do you think originally learned the force? Ooh, who do I think originally learned the force? Well, we know it's been for a really around for a really long time. And uh, when we see The Last Jedi and then a little bit in The Rise of Skywalker, we see that island on Ashto and there's all kinds of ancient force relics in there. So uh, there's been lots of speculation by fans about who that is. At one time, it was believed to be the Wills. when we kind of meet the Guardians of the Wills and Rogue One. So... I don't know exactly. There is an entire movie coming out sometime in the future that's going to set, uh, t- take place 25,000 years before the original Star Wars movies that might give us that answer. But um, that's a good question. That's that's a big, big question. Who do you think it was? Um, honestly, I don't really know. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited to find out, out though. That's going to be a great movie. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. What is your favorite lightsaber style? Are you talking about uh, how a lightsaber is used or how it's like, built? Like hill, like dual blade. Well, I'll tell you what. <laughs> I made this one at Galaxy's Edge last year. Uh, so this is, uh, uh, yeah. that is uh, currently uh, my favorite. Uh, but if you're looking, if you're asking about 
a Jedi in particular, I am a very big fan of the Skywalker lightsaber that both Luke and Anakin use. I, th- oh, yeah. I think it, it's the it's the original. It's classic. And uh, I think it was a fantastic design. Yeah. How about you? What's your favorite? Um, I like Obi-Wan's quite a bit. Obi-Wan's is very cool, too. Thank you. Mm-hmm. What is your opinion on Disney taking over the Star Wars franchise? You know, that's a good, that's funny. I, I remember when that happened, I was sitting in my office uh, downtown and I saw that come across on some news websites. And at first I thought it was a practical joke that someone was pulling our leg about it. And then you know, they were announcing that we're getting brand new movies at the same time. Honestly, I'm good with it. I'm a very big Disney fan. I don't think if we didn't have Disney acquire Star Wars, then we wouldn't have new Star Wars movies, that we wouldn't have the Book of Boba Fett, Mandalorian, Andor, all those great shows that have been on Disney Plus. We wouldn't have gotten additional seasons of the Clone Wars and Rebels and things like that. So I I think George Lucas was ready to retire and pass this on. And Disney, uh, some, you know, there's been some disagreements and that's fine. Not everyone has to like the same things, but I think they've been a pretty good store for Star Wars. But uh, what do you think? Uh, I, I don't really know. Okay. I'm just That's wondering right. how it would go without Disney taking over. I I really don't think that we'd have as much Star Wars content right now. We probably wouldn't have the last five movies at the very least. Thank you. You're welcome. If the Jedi Council knew how powerful Anakin would be if he turned to the dark side, why didn't they warn him? I don't think that they really believed he was going to turn to the dark side. They were very cautious about letting him train in the first place because he was older than most kids are when they came to the temple. And then with that, he had an opportunity to form attachments and the Jedi forbade attachment because it could lead to anger and fear and suffering and the dark side, you know, that whole mantra that Yoda says and the, the phantom menace. And, you know, so initially they refused to let him be trained and it was only reluctantly after Qui-Gon died and Obi-Wan insisted that Anakin was going to be trained that they agreed to let him do it. I don't think anyone really believed that the Emperor was going to sink his fingers that far into Anakin's soul and drag him to the dark side and lead to the destruction of the Jedi Order. And a little bit of hubris there that they, they didn't see that coming, that they weren't more mindful of what was going on and it led to their downfall. But But what do you think about that? Um, I feel like maybe there could have been a couple hints when Anakin killed, um, I forgot the creatures, but the creatures that took his mother. The Tuscans. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't think he ever told them. Uh, the only one I think he ever told about that was the Emperor Palpatine. And so that was something that uh, the uh, Palpatine was able to bring up with him later as uh, to kind of goad him into uh, feeling the same way that uh, he did. Good question. Thank you. You're welcome. Who do you think is the most useless character? The most useless character. Wow. Um, hmm. You know, I don't think any characters have been added to Star Wars that didn't have some sort of a purpose. And I think we get a lot of side characters that show up. So I, I think I'm going to go with the little character that's at the bar in the cantina that's begging for his drink just chirping away because he's background and nothing more, but uh, it could be anyone like that. But I think most of the characters in star Wars are there for some sort of a purpose. Who, who do you think it is? Jar Jar Binks. You know, he, he can be annoying. He'd been grating, but he did have a purpose. He was the one that was there to uh, 
suggests that the Senate give emergency powers to the Palpatine, which allowed the Clone Wars to rage and ultimately uh, the Republic to turn into an empire. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, Luke's reaction upon seeing his dead aunt and uncle is not grief, but determination. Why is this important? Well, he was holding back, right? Because he wanted to join the Imperial Academy earlier in the movie. That's what he told Uncle Owen. And Owen wouldn't let him do it. He needed him to stay on for one more season. And of course, we now know that Owen was afraid that Luke would go off on an adventure, follow Obi-Wan Kenobi, take up the force, and then end up like Anakin did. But when Owen and Baru died, he had nothing left there on Tatooine for him anymore. And so he was determined to do something. You know, uh, Obi-Wan had had conversations with him about doing what he thinks is right. And his excuse was, I, I can't go. I've got responsibilities. I got things I have to do at home. And now those responsibilities are gone. So he, it gave him an opportunity to, to follow this path. And that's why you saw that look of determination. I think there actually was a little bit of, of grief there. And, you know, he gets hit with a lot of it. First, and, uh, Uncle Owen Amparu, and then later Obi-Wan Kenobi passed away in the same movie. So all of his mentors leave him very quickly. But uh, what do you think? Um. I thought it's, uh, I don't really know. Okay, that's fair. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, If he was still alive, do you think General Grievous could potentially become a Sith Lord? I don't believe he has any connection to the Force. So I don't think he, I don't think he can. He was a powerful warrior before he was turned into a cyborg. And that enhanced all of his physical fighting capabilities. And then he was trained by Count Dooku how to use lightsabers so effectively. But I don't believe he's ever demonstrated any abilities to use the Force. So I don't think he would be eligible to become a Sith. But what do you think about him? Um, I would honestly say the same thing. Uh, I don't really know. Okay. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Do you or do you not like the Christmas special? <laughs> okay, so I saw the Christmas special when I was a very small child the first time it came out in the 70s. And back then, I thought it was great to get more Star Wars on TV. I haven't seen it all the way through since then. But the little bits that I have seen, most of them are just ridiculous. And it's fun that Star Wars can poke fun at itself and not take itself too seriously. But no, it's not my favorite piece of content. Uh, there's a lot of other things like the Star Wars holiday special that I'd rather watch in place of that. The Lego Star Wars holiday special, I should say. But what do you think? Have you seen it? Uh, no. Okay. Yeah. I, it's not anything that, in my opinion, you have to, to seek out. They do have the animated clip with Boba Fett available on Disney Plus if you have access to that. And that's kind of fun. I do enjoy that part of it. Okay. What do you think about Darth Vader? I think about Darth Vader. Well, same with the same things I think about Anakin. Uh, I think he's an incredibly cool character. He's an incredibly imposing villain. He's got some of my favorite lines, especially in the Empire Strikes Back when he's talking to Lando and says things like, you know, perhaps you feel like you're being treated unfairly. And then again, in Return of the Jedi, how he strikes fear into all the Imperial officers when he shows up at the Death Star and it's not done. And he tells the Moff Jarrod that he'll find new ways to motivate 
the men that's going on there. I, I think he's really fantastic. I think James Earl Jones gave him a really great voice. He's a very tragic figure, like I was talking about with Anakin, and uh, one of the coolest villains that's ever been out there and who's got a great redemption story when it comes down to it. But, but what do you think about Darth Vader? I don't really know. Okay. All right. Uh, who's your favorite villain and why? Who's my favorite what? Villain. Villain. It's, it's yeah, I, I'm going to put Darth Vader aside because we just talked about him, but... The other one that I'm very fond of is Darth Maul. Uh, I think he was really great uh, in The Phantom Menace. He doesn't say much, but he shows up and he's very scary looking. And then, of course, in The Clone Wars, he returned and uh, received a whole lot of depth in the way they handled him in that uh, that series. And he's just destined to lose, but he's determined to fight against that every time. But uh, which one's your favorite? Darth Maul as well. Okay, good choice. Good taste. All right, thank you. You got time for one more? Yeah. Perfect. Who do you think's the most powerful? The most powerful Jedi or uh, uh, either? I, I think it was Anakin. Uh, he had a mini chlorine count higher than anybody else, and he was able to do things with the force that others could not. He impressed the emperor. Um, and then the emperor knew that if something wasn't done about Anakin, and Darth Vader later, that eventually he would be replaced by him. So that uh, Anakin slash Darth Vader gets my vote. Um, why do you think Darth Vader is obsessed with? Oh, do I have to get closer? Okay. <laughs> why do you think Darth Vader is obsessed with Luke on finding Luke? Finding Luke? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. I've never thought of that before. Hmm. My first gut instinct is to say that subconsciously the Anakin part of him wanted to find redemption. Yeah. Good question. Thank you. Is that- you think you agree? Yeah. I mean, I thought it was just because he wanted to find his son. Yeah. Yeah. So. I think like Hayden Christensen said about him and Kenobi, that there's a part of, part of Anakin still there and he's yeah. not totally Darth Vader. That's how I see it. All right. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Rise of Skywalker? No comment. <laughs> oh, okay. Look, uh, I'll point out something good first. I think they did right by Leia. Whatever, whatever they did to to use the footage they had of Leia from The Force Awakens to make her art complete was good. Uh, everything else was a meaningless repeat of stuff that already happened and. I cannot, I've tried. I I spent like 200 bucks to watch that movie in Laser IMAX 3D, the highest priced ticket in Toronto, about 10 times, hoping I'd like it every time. And every time Kelly Marie Tran and Rose get sidelined in an era where people were harassing uh, verbal and physical violence, Asian people, That was not the rebellion. That was not Star Wars. Star Wars has to stand for the underdog and it has to stand against racism. It has to stand against all that stuff. If not, it's meaningless. So Rise of Skywalker to me is meaningless. Sorry. The theme was we go together. We go together without Rose as she stays behind. All right. Agreed. Good question. Sorry for being so uh, straightforward. It's okay. Um, 
if stormtroopers could learned the use of a lightsaber, would they be a bigger threat? Yeah, but they can't even shoot blasters straight. So, you know, you can't give them lightsabers. They're going to cut off each other's arms and be very dangerous. True. Yeah. Good question. Um, do you think if Qui-Gon Jinn trained Anakin, Anakin will never turn to the dark side? Yeah, I've, I've heard that discussion a lot. And I think um, every person is given the gift of free will choice, you know, in this universe. We go left or right, up or down, good or bad, you know, um, do our homework, not do our homework, all that kind of stuff. You have choice. Yeah. Uh, and no matter who trains Anakin, it's always going to be his choice. But he would have had a better chance of making the right choice if he had a teacher who instead of said, in, in, instead of when Anakin goes to Yoda and everyone and says, basically, I have problems. <laughs> you know, Yoda's just like, oh, just, you know, don't even worry about them. Just uh, rejoice, rejoice in people dying. Like, he's like saying, I'm having problems dealing with this. So if he had someone like Qui-Gon saying, it's all right that you have problems and I'll help you deal with it, he would have more of a chance. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. What's your favorite movie? Oh, Star Wars or all time? Star Wars. Revenge of the Sith. Um, who's your favorite character? Uh, I was thinking about this today. It's Anakin. Because um, he's in a lot of the ways, he's, uh, he's the most real to me for some reason. It's the most sort of honest depiction about like problems people can have in Star Wars and how it can affect them, maybe. Thank you. What's your favorite Star Wars vehicle? Vehicle? Yeah. X-Wing fighter. Since I was a kid, there's something just so fun about an X-Wing. But adult me likes the Millennium Falcon or the Razor Crest because, like, I'm a musician and I like to tour. Mm -hmm. So... If I had to choose like a Ferrari or a, a, a super amazing tour bus, like X-Wing or Millennium Falcon, I'd probably go for the Falcon so I could take my friends. Yeah. Thank you. Or the Razor Crest. What do you think is the importance of a lightsaber and not a blaster? Oh, uh, well, lightsaber gives you the choice to be defensive and uh, never for attack. So you can deflect the attack and not have to attack. Okay, thank you. Uh, who do you think originally created the force or like learned how to use it? Oh, who learned how, who learned how to use it? Yeah, like the first my, my The prime... I, I, I'm really interested to see what the James, I think James Mangold movie is going to be about the prime, the first Jedi, which I imagine would be the prime Jedi. I think everyone has the force. Um, George Lucas even said that it's my spiritual belief that at every, everything, every atom in every universe is uh, part of the force and uh, we're all made of that. And um, it's just a matter of free will again, choosing to use it if you want, and then honing your ability to be able to. Who's the first? Probably goes back to the beginning of humanoids in the universe. 
No, thanks. All right. Hi, do you think that the Sith would be better off without the rule of two? Without the rule of two? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so my, my, my head, I'm a history buff. And um, uh, there was um, people with the Egyptian beliefs in our history. It sort of, it's called hermeticism. That was the Greek word for it and Gnosticism. Um, they, the first inquisition was started by the church to, to kill them because, and they were teaching that, uh, every, every person in the world has a direct connection to God, uh, or the force, whatever you want to call it. And they were in thousands and they were flourishing all over Europe. And then the inquisition started in France to, to kill them off. I would say that. They actually, in history, I, I think George Lucas based the Sith on this. They had to go underground with a rule of two, a master and apprentice, through the millennia, through the last 2,000 years to, sur to survive. And uh, it was always a master teaching an apprentice. So uh, I'd like to see Star Wars go that way, where maybe the Sith were good people who had like a knowledge that their others were jealous of and they were killed for it. And then they became a secret society and then they had to survive as a rule of two. Yeah. Uh, and then that rule of two and secret society that was good was converted to bad from the inside from people like Plagueis. So I didn't answer your question, but if you're going, <laughs> I mean, if you're going by the, the, the book canon, no, because they're going to get jealous of each other and kill each other off. But that's true. I don't, my answer was really weird, but I yeah. think it's pretty cool. Well, thank you. What is your opinion on the Tuscan Raiders of the franchise? Really like what they did uh, in Mandalorian in the book of Boba Fett, which was to, to show that um, the point of view of who they are depends on how you think of them. So it's kind of like our world, if they're the indigenous people, uh, maybe they're just protecting themselves from the colonizers of the Galactic Republic and Empire from taking their land. So I like to view them that way. Thank you. If Padme didn't die in childbirth, what do you think would have happened? You know, I think... Um, I think, I think, see, Anakin was the chosen one at that time from a certain point of view. And I think when Padme said, leave the Jedi Order, come with me, I think he had a moment there to sort of step back from everything and like Ahsoka and discover who, who he really is and try to um, correct his ways with her and try to find ba a more balanced life. And if he did that, then I don't think she would have died of, uh, of a broken heart. Yeah. Thank you. Cool. What are your impressions of Order 66? Well, I love Revenge of the Sith because that's just such a mind-blowing story of how George Lucas conceived of all that, like this, this uh, secret long-term plan to, to turn through science, through a microchip in the clones to turn them against the Jedi. Um, yeah, I just felt like that whole thing really 
was mind blowing. Uh, it also, to this day, re the reason why I say Revenge of the Sith is my favorite movie is like, I can mentally tell you a lot of reasons as a visual work of art. I think it's unmatched by anything, but like you can hang that Revenge of the Sith next to the Michelangelo's Last Judgment in the Sistine Chapel and it wouldn't be crushed. Every other work of art would be crushed by Michelangelo's work, but Revenge of the Sith would hold up. I'm not saying it's as good, but it would hold up. And every time I watch that movie, I can intellectualize it, but my heart, when they turn and when Anakin turns, like the macro being the wider galaxy and the clones turning and then Anakin turning, my heart just breaks every time. And I, I love the movie for, for keeping me mentally interested and then having my heart break in that moment. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Why do you think Jedi's use lightsabers and not blasters? Okay, so I already answered this question. Uh, yeah, they look cooler. They look cooler? <laughs> no, nah, well, because it, it, it gives them the choice to be defensive in almost every case. You can protect someone who's being shot just by deflecting the bullets. You only have to use it for offense in the most extreme cir circumstance. And that's a, actually a question in the movies, you know? It's yeah. like uh, in Revenge of the Sith when Mace Windu is going to kill Palpatine with his saber. It's like, is that an extreme enough circumstance for a, a Jedi to use it for attack? And still, I think Anakin was right. No, he must stand trial. So you can always use it for defense. Thank you. Well, Why do you think Han doesn't believe in the Force? You know, again, that was... Mostly, uh, I've never thought of this. I, th I think when we meet Han, he's a little up stuck in his ego, you know, and um, ego's a very like, I'm this, I could use my blaster, I'm cool, I could uh, be a smuggler, I could defend myself. He never, he just never op opened himself up to a perspective outside of his, his ego. And it, and it took being in community, which he, he didn't really have, he only had chewy community with luke and leia and the rebellion to to get out of his ego and see things from a different perspective <laughs> thank you what did you think of count dooku telling obi-wan about the sith lord controlling the senate yeah um yeah i get i i guess i was touching on this sort of stuff earlier about the sith um having a certain form of knowledge that that is it works um the knowledge of good and evil or dark and light just i guess is the way the universe is there's creation and not i guess it is it's even in terms of star wars clarified in last jedi creation and destruction everything together um so the the sith always tell the truth uh but just twist it to their own purposes yeah, so enough truth that it feels real to someone where Obi-Wan in that case could go, yeah, something's off for everything to be going like this. It would make sense for a Sith to be behind the Senate. Uh, so it would feel true to Obi-Wan, but then it's twisted for Dooku's means just to get him to turn to the dark side. Yeah. Thank you. Why does Anakin turn to the dark side? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Got to watch the 
prequels and the Clone Wars, because um, it's so nuanced. It's not an easy question, but mostly I think he he didn't work enough on on his fear, and he didn't get enough help from people to work on his fear. So I think uh, ultimately. There's dark and light. The other words for dark and light are love and fear. So he was just constantly in a state of fear. And if he pulled himself out of the state of fear, he wouldn't have chosen the dark side. Thank you. Um, what do you think about Darth Vader? I, I think he's pretty uh, the best character in cinema history. <laughs> Uh, and inside the, the films, um, sad, truly sad, you know, because Anakin had, he was, he had such a big heart. That's the saddest part is he had the biggest heart. Like, that's what I love about the Clone Wars is it shows, you know, like Ahsoka says to Ezra and Rebels, what amazed her was not so much his skill, which was unparalleled, but how much he always stuck his neck out for his friends. And that is what's heartbreaking, is that he probably had the most love in the galaxy, and then that turned into the most hate. So that's fascinating. Thank you. Oh. How did you feel about the music tracks they had in the film? How, the what? How did you feel about the music tracks that they had in the film? Which film? Um, either one. All the films? The music? Yes. Oh, well... I, I mean, John Williams' music is, is unparalleled in, in modern cinema as far as um, memorable melodies, but, and, but also stuff that really makes me feel emotions. Yeah. So I love the range of emotions his music can make me feel in the movies. Okay, thank you. What were your thoughts on the Christmas special? <laughs> Uh, it should have had um, it should have had a, a higher uh, rating. You had to you have to be older to watch it. Yeah, I think <laughs> there's some questionable stuff in that. And uh, yeah, I think probably the best the best work that George Lucas ever did. Really, yeah. Who do you think is braver, Luke or Darth Vader? Who's what? Who's braver? Um, Luke. Oh. Yeah. But only by a bit, because Last Jedi changes that. You know, he was able to uh, be braver in terms of um, dealing with his fear and not being turned to the dark side through fear. But uh, as we know, he came pretty close in the flashbacks in Last Jedi. So similar problems as his dad. In the end, I think he was braver to, you know, him, him coming back in, in Crate showed an amount of bravery that maybe was greater. Yeah. Thank you. Um, why do you think Dark Vader told Luke that he was um, his father? Uh, again, he wants, he thinks he wants to convince him that it's his destiny to join him because he's his son, but really subconsciously, he wants his son to find the human in him so he yeah. can be himself. 
Thank you. You're welcome. Kind of going off my last question about who created it, the Force. Who do you think created the Jedi? Like who started it? An addendum to my first answer, the Force created the Force, which I think the Force is everything all one. And like the Big Bang, everything is just an individual point of view of the Force. Um, and then, the, sorry, your question? Uh, who, who, who do you think started the Jedi? Yeah, well, I think that's going to be the prime Jedi. And I, and I hope to see that in the, the film that director James Mangle will be doing about the first Jedi. Yeah, but who that is, I have no idea. Yeah. What is your favorite lightsaber style? Oh, I have to go get out my uh, my my uh, Jedi Force, whatever that book is on uh, the Force training. I don't know anything about the styles. Yeah, but um, in terms of just visually watching, yeah, uh, I like Luke's. Because to me, Luke's is so efficient. You know, it's not flashy. Yeah. yeah. I quite and that's like Obi-Wan. Bruce Lee. You know, yeah. Bruce Lee always talked about being efficient. Like the, the quickest way to get to finishing the fight, it was the best. Yeah. Not about ego or flash or twirling. Like all that stuff. Like Anakin's yeah. maybe the best lightsaber, but there's too much showing off. I just like the efficiency of Luke. Yeah. Thank you. Welcome. What fighting style would you use with your lightsaber? Yeah, well, to go off the last question, I would find uh, the Bruce Lee of the galaxy and learn from him. So I could use as little amount of effort as possible to win. Does every lightsaber color have a meaning? Yeah. You know, I remember at a Star Wars celebration, someone from the audience asked Lucas what color lightsaber he said he had. And he's pretty funny. He said, I have a blue one and a red one, depending on how I'm feeling. But in all seriousness, I think we all have good and bad sides and it's about balancing them. So I would I would probably want a red and a blue one. Yeah. Thank you. Cool. Red and green would be cool too, but it looked too Christmassy. That's a that's a perfect one to end on. Thank you so much for joining us, Dan. Appreciate it so much. Yeah, thanks for for uh, having me. And I'm into my third week of teaching, so I'm I'm starting to uh, get more comfortable in this world and learning a lot from the students. Yeah, so learn that a teacher is always a student. So thank you. Yeah, awesome. Hey, have a good, great rest of your day. You too. May the force be with you all. Thanks. So as we close, we just want to say thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to connect with us, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook, email us at readingbetweenreels at gmail.com, or use the SpeakPipe app on our website. If you enjoyed the show, please tell a friend and support us by writing a review on your favorite podcast catcher. 